0: What do you do on Sundays?
1: We talk about Kate Blanchett. The acting, the costumes, the awards, but mostly the Blanchett of it all.
0: Oh, oh I'm not acting. <laughs> you think this is a love affair? I saw you, Erica. Meeting in the middle.
1: This is Sundays with Kate, and I'm your host, Mortada El Welcome to a new episode of Sundays with Kate, a podcast series about the films of Kate Blanchett. This is Murtad El-Fadl, and today my guest is writer and podcaster Kate Halliwell. Hi, Kate.
0: Hello. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here.
1: Yeah, you were, as I was just telling you, you were at the top of a very short list of favorite guests to come on. So I'm happy that we, we are able to do this.
0: I'm going to pretend like that has more to do with my name being Kate um, and less to do with my unhealthy obsession, but maybe a little of both.
1: You and I sort of understand Kate's celebrity similar. And this is just from reading your tweets.
0: (laughs) We both tweet about her fashion a lot. And I think that is all we need. Yes. That's all we need to talk about her for an hour on a podcast. Yeah,
1: that's that's a good thing to bond over. (laughs) Kate's It really is. Kate's red carpet. But there is actually a movie that we're talking about. And the movie that we're talking about today is a movie. The best thing about it is Kate's wardrobe.
0: A hundred percent.
1: So we're talking about Oceans 8, which is the 2018 movie that was kind of a sequel, kind of a reboot of the Oceans movies where Kate is Brad Pitt to Sandra Bullock's George Clooney. And they steal stuff from the Met gala gala they do correct people in the movie several times if it's gala or gala (laughs) what do you say
0: i think i say gala but honestly i i tweet about it more than i talk about it in person (laughs) with anyone so it doesn't really matter as long as you spell it right (laughs) yeah
1: that's true so kate is lou miller and what a name um
0: what a name well you really you already know she's gonna just be like have huge bde like lesbian energy just from that name
1: yeah tell you something
0: you need to know and spelled
1: L-O-U, so that's even more. Come on. <laughs> and I think her characterization is that she wears a mean jumpsuit and motorcycle leather pants.
0: Yes. What Literally, what more do you need? Like, that's all the characterization I ever have ever wanted in any character.
1: And her introduction is really great because she's introduced while she's she is a bar owner of some sort. Somewhere downtown yeah. New York. She she's a very downtown girl and she's tampering with the vodka while everybody else who's helping her is watching Judge Judy on TV. And she's like, nothing's happening on Judge Judy.
0: No. So it's so great because first of all, I know we're going to talk about kind of like just the huge like gay energy that she has in this movie. But they introduce her and she's just like presiding over all these like young women who are just like. Obviously switching out vodka and like helping her with her, you know, criminal ways. But she's just like got these bangs in her face. All you see is like bangs and cheekbones and which is, I mean, all you need from Kate Blanchett. And she's just like telling these girls basically how to commit crimes, how to how to do the crime, how to live the life and just like strutting around. And it's just like it introduces her in such an efficient way where like you're like, this is her shit. She just runs this ship of like women (laughs) And all these women worship her. And it's amazing. It's like the and she just like there's this thing in the first scene where she's talking to this girl about how like she doesn't need to be watching Judge Judy and why they're diluting vodka and how to play everybody. Mm -hmm. And this girl like takes a shot of vodka and Kate like reaches out and like wipes it off her face in the most unnecessarily sexual way. (laughs) And you're like, there she is. That's why I'm watching this movie right now.
1: Yeah. And you're like, all right, give us more of that. Um, And I I know. And I never wanted—I've never in my life wanted to work in a bar. But with that scene, I'm like, yes. If Kate owned a like, bar, I would work in a bar.
0: Maybe <laughs> I would consider it. I would consider a career change.
1: We don't have to talk a lot about the plot of the movie because basically it's just the plot of every Ocean's Eleven movie. There's something they want to get. They recruit the people. So the people they recruit include Helen Bonham Carter, Anne Hathaway, Mindy Kaling, Rihanna, and Aquafina. It's a pretty mm-hmm. great cast.
0: It is it's pretty good,
1: yeah, but the movie is not as good as this
0: cast, right. I know we have this later in the outline, but you know, people were so hyped for this movie, yeah, and they just kept adding people to the cast and be like, holy shit, Rihanna, holy shit, Sarah Paulson, holy shit Aquafina, and they were like adding and adding, and then the pictures were coming out, and we were like, this is gonna be the greatest thing in the history of cinema, and it wasn't, but it was fun, like yeah. it was good, um and you know, I mean, the pictures of, of them on set and in the outfits basically like sum up the appeal of the movie, which is just yeah. like watching these fabulous women wear fabulous clothes and do crime. And it's a great time. It's not I mean, incredible, but it's a great time. Yeah, it is a great time. And I think also
1: this movie, if you remember, as you know, I follow and look for photos of Kate. So it was such a long time from when they were shooting in New York and we were getting paparazzi pictures every day. To Mm -hmm. the actual movie coming out, it was almost two years, so it was such a long way. And
0: all those paparazzi pictures, (laughs) forever.
1: (laughs) Yes, forever. All the paparazzi pictures were so amazing, like Kate and Rihanna in Central Park with a laptop. Like who knows what they were doing?
0: Yeah, and every time, like every day, they had a different crazy outfit on. Every day, it was like she was coming out of her trailer holding one of her kids, like talking to Rihanna with the other hand, like in like a velvet suit or like in this crazy coat. And we were like, this is gonna be amazing. And like, there was a picture of like Anne Hathaway with the knife on the subway. Yes. And But then it was, you're right, it was so long before the movie actually came out. I remember like being like, literally on Twitter, just like another day, no Oceans 8 trailer. Like, will we make it? <laughs> will this uh, and movie we did.
1: ever come out?
0: Which honestly, I think was part of of like the problem of building the hype. Yeah. was like it raised our expectations too high because we had to wait too long and all we had was these amazing pictures to like stare at and wait yeah, <laughs> yeah and, those pictures were hard to top and this was
1: like as a New Yorker this was a great time for me because Kate was in New York for a very long time because she shot this yeah. movie and then she was on Broadway in the present and yes. there were always pictures of her all the time going to the to work basically going to the theater coming out of the theater. Plus right. all the Ocean <laughs> A paparazzi shots.
0: She has such great street style too, like with like, you know, going in and out of theaters and like walking around with her family and like she got to, she went through the phase where she had the big glasses all the time and mm-hmm. she like briefly dyed her hair pink and like that was such a weird era for her where I feel like she just was wearing such weird clothes and just having the best time.
1: Yeah. Ugh,
0: what a time to be like on getty images looking yeah, at paper. Exactly. Stuff,
1: <laughs> And the pussy hat in Times Square with her yes. kids.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, incredible.
1: It was a great time. And so the first thing I want to talk about her performance is that when I saw this movie, I was very disappointed because I don't think there was enough of her. In the movie, and I don't know, was it because she was doing a show on stage and they're just like, oh, you know, come on your days off or whatever? Because she is a lot in the beginning of the movie. It's her and Sandra recruiting Helena Bonham Carter, her talking to Sandra, and then she kind of vanishes. And then it's as if they added the ending where we discover that she's the biggest, you know, badass of all of them and did 17,000 heists while they were doing the one heist but also that it was all off screen
0: right i know i'm like give us more i agree i think i when i was just watching this yesterday for this podcast Um, I hadn't seen it in a long time and I forgot how little she's in it and like she's in it a lot in the beginning like you said and she's in the background a lot like when they're focusing on other characters Mm -hmm. but I'm like why are we not I mean obviously we're extremely biased and we love her a lot we have a whole whole (laughs) podcast about it but I think we just needed more you know she's just like kind of there sometimes and then there are whole swaths of the movie without her like why why isn't she here Yeah, you know.
1: But let's talk about the big dick energy cuz I think oh I, I don't know yeah. if that term came around at the same time or it came later but I remember at least everyone who was mentioning who has big dick energy a lot of people were coming with Kate and that was right after oceans 8 or around oceans 8
0: mm-hmm all of my notes in response to this prompt are in all caps i just need you to know that because that's how my brain works um yes okay so i remember when this did come out i think it was like allison p davis for the cut wrote this whole piece mm-hmm. and she did mention kate blanchett in the piece as being like a woman with big dick energy and you can just tell in this movie she like embodies that not only like as a person but she very clearly has this energy and how she carries herself in oceans eight where they're like she always has like her thumbs in her belt loop mm-hmm. and every time she's sitting in this movie I was like holy shit BDE because there's so much like female man spreading that she's yes. doing. Like every time she's on a couch, she's just like hunched over. She's got her legs like flayed out like every man you've ever seen on the subway. And I was like, (laughs) that's not how women are taught to sit like politely in society. But she just like doesn't care. And like it's so clearly part of like the body language that she decided on for this character. And it works so well. And literally it's every time she's sitting. She's like got her, you know, her legs spread out and her arms on her knees. And like she's just taking up so much space so purposefully and there's one scene with she and Rihanna when she first introduces Nineball to Debbie. Mm-hmm. And they're on the couch and Rihanna has like one leg completely split out to the side. Kate's like <laughs> manspreading like nobody's business. And I was like, this is the most powerful image of two women sitting in history. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, it's so good. And then the other thing, even when she crosses her legs, it's such a yes. wide cross. Like she goes <laughs> around to cross her leg.
0: Yes, there's that one gift that everyone was, like, spreading around where she, like, kicks her leg all the way up and then, like, flails it over to the other side of the chair. It's such, like, an aggressive leg cross. It's amazing. It is amazing. Plancha, incredible sitter. Who knew?
1: Yeah. Also, incredible walker. I mean, she's always somebody, like, in all her movies, she is, and I've said this before in the podcast, so sorry for repetition, but she's one of the actors who knows how to fill the frame with her body. And in this movie, it was about the sitting, like you mentioned, but also the walking. There is a lot of purposeful walking around.
0: For sure. And she's got the boots and like the big pants. And like, it just is so like noticeable once you realize what she's doing. And like, she just like shows it off in such a great way. And like, I mean, part of it is the wardrobe as well. Like they knew what they were working with. And obviously she's like, okay, I'm going to make this look as good as I possibly can. And she knows how to do that. But it's also kind of like just very assertive choice that she made with like her body language in the movie.
1: Even if this was possible, it'd need 20 people. Seven people. Why do you need to do this?
0: Because it's what I'm good at.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie when I watched it also yesterday to talk to you. And especially the first part, I was just, when we already talked about the introduction and that scene where they go to recruit Helena Bonham Carter and she's intimidating Helena and Helena's like, you know, having a nervous (laughs) breakdown. First of all, that blue suit is so gorgeous, oh, so beautiful.
0: It's amazing. And she's wearing like 15 necklaces yes. and, like a giant watch, like seven rings. I was like, the amount of jewelry that is on her person right now is like probably as much money as they ended up stealing at the end of the movie. It's incredible. Yeah, um, yeah that blue suit, it's like got like a chain instead of like buttons, it's, like connected mm. with a chain. Oh, my God. So, I mean, it's amazing. you can tell Helena's character is like a little bit in awe. And yes. I'm like, so are we.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Helen is like, hmm, will I be ever able to design something that looks as great Seriously? as this?
0: <laughs> I know. Way to, way to make her feel uh, like a worse designer than she probably actually is.
1: <laughs> so since we're talking about that suit, I think, you know, people when this movie came out said that Anne Hathaway is the MVP. And she's totally fun. And she's playing off herself and other actresses. And it's, it's she's very fun to watch. But I think the MVP of this movie is the costume designer, in regards to the costumes of Lou Miller.
0: Absolutely, I agree. And I I saw this prompt and had it in mind when I was watching the movie. And there are amazing costumes across the board, but the yeah. amount of costume changes that Kate has in this movie, every new scene, it's like she has a new suit or a new bomber jacket or a new coat. I'm like, like, she changes outfits more than anyone else, I think, which is crazy. Uh, and they're all so good.
1: Yes. And the the little ties that she wears, they, oh <laughs> such a detail. Like, you know, somebody who's as downtown, yeah. a downtown bar owner in New York. She was probably, you know, grew up, came of age in the early 90s in that scene. She would wear those. Like, the detail in the costume design is so perfect.
0: Totally. And they were like, OK, we can't make them girlfriends on, on the screen. But like, we're going to make Kate wear a tie and yeah. little vests and they'll know. Like, they'll and, know.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they also made Sandra feed her at Veselka.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. I know. Kate, like, takes out her gum. I was like, oh, incredible <laughs> detail. So good. I also love, I know we're going to talk about um, their chemistry later, but just, like, the the wardrobes, like, sort of side by side, where Sandra's so, like, business casual mm-hmm. and, like, so elegant in such a kind of just, like, businesswoman way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's next to Kate's just, like, over the top, like, 12 pieces of jewelry, you know, blazers on top of coats, on top of suits. And it's just, like, their, their fashion works so well sort of in accordance with each other to, like, yes. tell us so much more about their characters and their chemistry. Um, And it's just – it's fabulous. That scene in the diner where she feeds her is amazing.
1: That scene is really great. And I love <laughs> what you said about that their costumes complement each other because Kate is basically her loud friend who mm-hmm. is loud in everything. She's not loud, like, you know, she doesn't scream or anything. Right. She's just – The costumes are loud. The look is loud. Like she's unmistakable where Sandra is more of a con artist who sort of wants to be in the background and both details Mm -hmm. fit their characters.
0: Absolutely. Um, I also, I just have all these different, I kept writing down costumes as I saw them. I was like, Oh, that's her best one. And then something else would happen. I'd be like, Oh no, it's this one. I love (laughs) when they, they're having uh, their confrontation on the beach about uh, the guy that like she's bringing in. Uh And the costume designer was like, "Okay, like it's not enough to do like a sick bomber jacket and leather pants. We gotta add a tie, and then on top of that, we gotta <laughs> add seven necklaces, and then we gotta add some leather bracelets because every good gay has like seven leather bracelets yes. on at any given time. Um, it's just so and over the top. And so the boots, don't forget. Oh my God, the
1: boots, fushia boots like I know,
0: and she's lots just of got detail." To- She's got the bangs in her face at all times. And like, you would think that that would make it harder for her to like emote and like give us the character, but it just like the cheekbones stand out in such a specific way with that haircut. And she just like is always like, just like jutting her jaw out. I don't know. It all just works together in such a great way to make her such a great character.
1: Yeah. My favorite, I love all the costumes, but you know, if we were (laughs) to choose favorites, I love the shimmery disco Givenchy jumpsuit. (laughs) Which is green and then she's coming out of the Met Gala or coming out of the, you know, of the Met and she's walking that walk and then she opens it to show that she's wearing the the necklace or part of the necklace.
0: Amazing. I know. And they take a whole scene just to show Debbie, like, seeing her across the street. I'm like, yeah, this is your platonic friends. Okay. (laughs) All right. right. That is such a great jumpsuit, though. Fleabag could never. Honestly, that was when the jumpsuit trend actually jumped off.
1: Yeah, I think. That was a great jumpsuit. So Sarah Edwards, Good. the costume designer, you did a great job. You should have Pass won seven off. Oscars. <laughs> yeah, totally. So let's talk about Sandra and Kate. So like Kate always, in my mind, I think she has always more chemistry with women on screen than with men. Agreed. You can always see that she likes people. Like even when she's antagonizing Judy Dench in Notes on a candle, you can tell they really like each other. And I think here... Yeah. She she and Sandra really like each other and they are there's this comfort in all because especially at the beginning of the movie, there's a lot of scenes of them together. And you can tell that these are two people, two actors who are really comfortable with each other.
0: Yeah, they're having so much fun, you know, like you can tell that they're they're just like sitting in the diner, sitting in the car and like they have this like banter Mm -hmm. and you can tell they're just having a great time. Um, and just, they're, I mean, they're not all, like, amazing dialogue, but every now and then, like, they just have these little, like, biting lines, um, mm-hmm. uh, where you can tell they're just, like, loving it. Like, there's, Sanders talking about, you know, the dream that she had, and, like, pulling off this heist, and she's like, you were there with me every step of the way. And Kate's like, oh, honey, is this a proposal? <laughs> and she goes, baby, I don't have a diamond yet. I was like, okay, get a room. Like, we get it.
1: Yeah. And all the looks like the loaded looks like we know know, Carol had lots of looks and they said everything was looks. But there was a lot of looks in Ocean's 8, too.
0: For sure. And it's so funny because, you know, Sandra or Debbie is is always kind of like staring straight in her eyes, like very direct, like just laying it out. But like especially that scene in the diner, Debbie's making such intense eye contact and every few seconds Kate just like looks at her mouth. Like she like is looking in her eyes, but then she just like flickers down and flickers back up and flickers down and flickers back up. And I'm like, um, these are two different vibes that I'm getting from you. But it's great. I love it.
1: Yeah. You know that that meme I gave the gays all that they wanted. Uh, I think they did. They did. Not explicitly, but somehow they managed to do it.
0: If you know, you know.
1: I really like my favorite scene was the Vaselka scene and just the whole setup at the beginning and the vodka scene, which we already talked about. Are there any other scenes that you like that we haven't talked about?
0: I wanted to mention at the end, you know, they do all these like flashes to the future Mm -hmm. and show like where everyone is and what they've done with their money. And they show, I think this is kind of an underrated little, little head nod. Uh, but they cut to Anne Hathaway's future and, and she's an actress and she's become a director and she's directing this scene and she's, you see her from the back and she's directing this actress who's kind of dressed like she was early on in the film. Mm -hmm. And then she turns around and now she's got this leather jacket on and her hair is like, kind of like straight and textured and she's got these aviators on. And I'm like, that's like clearly what Lou has been wearing this entire movie. Like she like adopted that style and adopted that aesthetic And then she like walks away from the actress who's like her past self and like rolls her eyes and I was like, yes, (laughs) character development.
1: (laughs) And you can totally see like Anne Hassaway has said so many times she has talked about Kate. And you can see that that's sort of like life imitating art in that. She's probably, you know, thinks of Kate as a mentor or somebody to emulate. And maybe she added that into the performance.
0: Yeah. And then in the next scene, it just cuts right to Lou's future where she's like in a motorcycle jacket riding into the sunset. And I was like, yeah, like these two, you know, go hand in hand.
1: Yeah. And just, you know, where's Debbie? Why is Debbie not in that motorcycle?
0: She's waiting for her, you know, somewhere else on a beach somewhere.
1: This movie was fun, but I think the movie that everybody was expecting when we saw everything that was happening in the big lead up is hustlers so maybe in the end we did get oceans 8 and we got it this year with hustlers
0: i agree i that was one of my first thoughts i think that was what a lot of people were saying when they left hustlers is like this is the movie the female friendship heist movie that we deserved yeah uh, and i do think there are a lot of a lot of similarities between kind of how they portray like jlo's bde mm-hmm. in hustlers and how they portray not only not only lou but also debbie yeah. i think it's kinda like you know, squished together into kind of this female anti-hero. But yeah, the definitely a lot of ways, a lot of things when I was rewatching this movie um, with Hustlers in mind just reminded me of kind of, you know, the end when J-Lo's going down the street in the, the juicy couture track suit and just how perfectly, like, that choice mm-hmm. emulates so much in that movie and, like, how they used clothes and then how Ocean's 8 used clothes to just... I don't know. It's a lot of it's a lot of similar tactics. Obviously, Hustlers did it better.
1: Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And, you know, the Hustler costume designer was an assistant costume designer on Ocean's 8.
0: The glow up. You love to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Totally.
1: So, you know, let's get Ocean's 9. I mean, just get a different writer, a different director, get Lou and Debbie and get everybody. Who would not want to see Rihanna? Who would not want to see Aquafina. And Hathaway. All of them. Get them back together.
0: I'm in. Honestly. I'm I'm absolutely in.
1: I mean Steven Soderbergh, why didn't you direct this? Direct yeah. the sequel.
0: Do you think we'll get a sequel or are we just you know? I mean, I don't up? know. The
1: movie was successful, but yeah. it also just people didn't love it. So I don't right. know if we will get the sequel or not. Probably not, because it's been yeah. three it's years. It's been a now. while. Yeah. And
0: it took so long to get the first one.
1: <laughs> yeah. So maybe not. But anyway, Caden and Sandra. Do another movie together, Kate and Rihanna. Do another movie together. Oh yeah,
0: please.
1: So Kate, tell me I want to ask you some questions about Kate Blanchett. Please. So, so what do you think of when you think of Kate Blanchett?
0: You know, I I was trying to remember kind of like when she became my favorite actress, and I genuinely don't know that I can point to a specific moment I think it just like all of a sudden was like reality for me mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know I think she is kind of the ultimate example of this type of Hollywood actress that has become like more respected and more interesting and just like thrived more and more as every year has passed in her career and in her life and you know I mean I think there there are a lot like you know Julia Roberts Nicole Kidman etc and like this kind of class of actresses that you think of as kind of just like Actresses with a capital A, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I I definitely think Kate is is one of them. My first brush with Kate Blanchett was Galadriel in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Which I mean, it probably makes sense that now I consider her like this perfect being who can do no wrong because that was like my. She was.
1: She was one when she was Galadriel. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. Her introduction into my life, but I also think she's kind of just has this ageless appeal where she's always been fifty years old and she's always been twenty years old and she yeah. still like has that that look and that appeal of just kind of like timeless elegance. I sound like I'm just like ranting about how great she is. And I suppose that's what this podcast is for. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: exactly. You're, you're on the right podcast.
0: <laughs> I just, you know, I think it's so hard to just have that kind of timeless appeal these days mm-hmm. with just how, how different, you know, how, how ways that different celebrities use that appeal on different platforms, like social media or red carpets or movies, like it's mm-hmm. so hard to maintain a consistent brand, I think, just throughout time and throughout social media and things like that. And I think she somehow managed it. Yeah. And she's just the best. Yeah. You know, she
1: just is. You know, I like what you said about that she's always been 20 and she's always been 50. Because as someone who was introduced to her first on Elizabeth, that's exactly what she played in that movie. And you could right. see that's why she became such a huge star. In that movie, she is seventeen at the beginning, and she ends the movie at fifty. And you could, and you just, believe it? Yeah, you believe it. You totally believe yeah. it. She can she command to win.
0: Right. She just has like this ageless quality, and she still does. And even in Ocean's Eight, like people made all these jokes. They were like, oh, like Botox Eight, or like you know, like like these aging actresses who are trying so hard, but like she just doesn't have to. Like she yeah. just, no matter how old she will ever look, she just has always or young she has ever looked. She just always kind of has this this energy where, like, she's just kind of, I don't know, she just kind of, like, stands the test of time. Yeah. What's your favorite Kate performance? It seems really, really basic to say this, and I, like, went through the whole IMDb page (laughs) to see if there was another answer that would be more interesting. Um, But I think it's Carol. Like, it just, it's just, like, Pete Kate, and it's just, like, every part of her celebrity that appeals to me. Um, I also, I put this at the end under a different question, but I also do love Kate in Cinderella,
1: Oh yeah, where
0: yeah. she just is like the hammiest she's ever been, and another great wardrobes movie. Yes. another some great outfits in that. Yeah, but I also do love her in that. She's just having the best time. She's just I love villain Kate Blanchett. Like you know, like also in Thor a little bit, where like she just like goes full like crazy and it's mm-hmm. just like how crazy can I get? How like what will they let me get away with in this? Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood blockbuster yeah yeah, I love that that
1: about her because she is not somebody who is afraid of going big like if Mm -hmm. there's a choice between being subtle and going big she'll go big like she did in the movies you you mentioned but also in Indiana Jones which is a crazy performance Uh
0: I listened to your episode about that and she (laughs) is crazy in that movie but it's such a great way like why not have fun with it you know
1: but I love that, I mean, Carol is my favorite Kate. I mean, it's like, you know, it's between Carol and Blue Jasmine. I just think at that time in her career, she kind of has been doing theater for so long and doing movies for so long. With those two movies, she knew exactly what she wanted to accomplish on screen. Yeah. And in Carol, she has this energy, which she's very femme, dripping with femininity, but she's also yeah. kind of butch in her emotions. Like, she is the top. You, you can tell. <laughs>
0: Totally. And that is what the internet seized on to is that energy.
1: <laughs> so Carol was an amazing time in her career and not only that, but it was also an amazing time in her celebrity. I mean, Carol yeah. is a movie that didn't actually do that much in the box office, but as a cultural phenomenon, it is huge.
0: Huge. And it's only gotten huger since it came out. Like it has aged so well and it's, it's it has become kind of, I don't want to say a cult classic because it's too big for that, but yeah. it, it, the, the devotion that people have have developed to this movie and just kind of like the like you said like the memes yeah. and how like just carol like comes up like every christmas season now it's like a whole thing and like yeah. it it spawned this whole internet hive that is just like obsessed with like Kate blanchett lesbian memes yeah which seems like a really niche thing but is actually like pretty widespread.
1: <laughs> it is. I mean, The New Yorker read a big huge article about it. It wasn't about that exactly, but that was also the lead into it, the one step on uh-huh. my uh, step on my neck, Kate Blanchett. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> and there is like this whole corner of the internet that is just into like thirsting after celebrities, especially like, you know, gay culture and things like that. And yeah. Kate Blanchett absolutely rules that corner of the internet. And she I does. I know we both exist in that corner of the internet. Um So we're not yeah. very partial. We're not. Very impartial. Um, but we understand the people. <laughs> we understand what the people want. But yeah, it's it's become, it's so funny. There are just, there's like this this account on Instagram that I follow. That's just one of many, genuinely. Yes. And yes. it's called like Dyke Blanchett. And it's literally just like gay Kate Blanchett memes. Oh. And what's so funny is it's like, it's not that much of a stretch. Because there's like so much material between like her interviews and like just the vibe that she gives off. And people are just, like, accepted as canon, even though, like, she has a husband and a happy family and, like, you know.
1: But there are many conspiracy theories about that.
0: (laughs) Yes, there are. (laughs) But, yeah, it's just such a funny and, like, such a widely accepted, like, internet thing now. It's just, like, gay Kate Blanchett memes. It's a really wide canon. It's a rich text, you could say.
1: (laughs) So... The post-Carol sort of meme story that I love is Harold, they're lesbians. Oh, my God. Because, because, I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably know this. So we'll give just a brief explanation of what it is. This is somebody who went somewhere in New York to an afternoon showing of Carol. And there were an older couple sitting in front of them, behind them, somewhere nearby. And apparently midway through the movie, the wife turns to her husband and says, Harold, they're lesbians. <laughs> And this, it,
0: it is because, like, maybe one of my favorite memes of all time. Yeah. Really good.
1: And it just works. It works every time you you want to say something about anything, about anybody, you could just say, Harold, they're lesbians. And everybody gets exactly what it is.
0: Yes. A hundred percent. And it's so true, too, just because, like, when I saw Carol in a theater for the first time, I was there with, like, all these old couples. And so it's just, like, so specifically, just, like, everyone can identify with, first of all, that scenario and being, like, oh, like, this movie is now suddenly, like, being understood by the people I'm seeing it with. And it's, it is. It's so applicable to, like, everything. Like, I remember, like, you know, Janelle Monet and, like, Tessa Thompson released a music video, and everyone was like, Harold, they're lesbians. Yeah. And, like, like when Ocean's 8 came out, everyone was, like, you know, tweeting the pictures of of Kate and Sandra and, and being like, Harold, they're lesbians. And, like, it just applies to everything. It's, it's the perfect meme.
1: Yeah. A very yeah. nice meme also that somebody shared with me on the Sundays with Kate Twitter is a picture of, you know, that picture of all the Ocean's 8 actresses looking at the screen. And somebody has actually done it with as if they were watching Carol. And it's very, very funny. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> and they're all That's commenting fair. similar comments to Harold, they're lesbians. It's very funny. It's a very funny one.
0: Perfect. Perfect. I love when all of my interests, you know, combine in meme form.
1: Yeah. Perfect. So let's talk about Kate as a fashion icon. So as, you know, she is somebody who I think understands the red carpet you know maybe more than uh, most actresses and she she thinks of it as a performance I think it was Laura Harrier at Cannes where she said she was nervous about the the red carpet and Kate who was the the jury president that year that she was in Black Klansman she's like why you're an actress it's a performance (laughs) so (laughs) I think that's exactly what she does because she's always gliding into the red carpet knows the moment my favorite Red carpet moment is the Carol premiere at Cannes, where she wore that Jill dress that was just made, I think, for the Cannes Red Steps. And she took forever to walk those steps. And every time she would walk one step, she would look behind and pose for the photographer. She's like, I'm creating a moment. Rooney and Todd, you can run up, you can do what you want. This is going to take a minute.
0: Yes, she she totally knows how to play the game. And she also I love that first of all, she has an incredible success rate on the red carpet while also still having fun. And mm-hmm. I think that's so hard to do. I feel like either actresses take a lot of risks mm-hmm. and have a lot of like missed swings where it's like you tried and I respect the effort, but like this was not it. Or, you know, you have somebody like, you know, like Meryl Streep or like, you know, maybe some of the older actresses who just or like Kate Winslet, have... who
1: is Totally, yeah, that's a great yeah, example. Yeah.
0: Who just kind of stick to the same basic formula and they always look great but they never look they never really take risks. Yeah. And I think Kate Blanchett's success rate is so amazing just considering how many risks she does take and how many of them pay off. She just is always so classy and elegant no matter what she wears. It's really amazing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember I, when she went to the Oscars for the very first time, I didn't even know designers then. I was Joan Galliano, she, Dior she wore when she was um, nominated for Elizabeth. And that was like the first time I'm like, oh, what is happening? Um, and <laughs> since then, that's 20 years ago. Since then, she has made so many other amazing red carpet moments. Do you want to tell us one or two of yours?
0: Oh, I, I don't know who the designer was. This one stuck out just because I was... So tuned into the um the can when she was the President of Can this yes. year. I know we're going to talk about that in a bit, yeah, but she wore uh, like a, you know, those um like coloring sheets where it's like co- paint by numbers paint
1: by number, yeah, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she wore like a paint by numbers dress. and there was this picture of her daughter, like under her skirt when she's yeah. like right before she hit the red carpet. And first of all, I was like, this should not work. Like nobody should be able to pull off a dress that literally is paint by numbers but it was like the top half was black and white and then the bottom half was like so intricately like beaded and it was like it looked like you'd started painting at the bottom and then the top half was up let me see I just looked up who it is uh Mary Katrenzu but it was just such a great example of like being elegant and fun and like taking a risk and it totally paying off and then just that perfect picture of her daughter under her skirt and it just it was perfect I was like nobody does it like you It was great
1: that picture is so beautiful but also this is another moment where i have you know i admit i'll admit this there there is a video of her walking that red carpet it was the premiere of cold war at Cannes, Mm. and there is a picture of her where they basically stopped everybody from walking which they do that for the big stars. it's not just for kate and so she gets the red carpet just her for like Five minutes or something like that, and she walks and steps in that dress and on the steps, and it's it's a, just a perfect moment. I have Amazing. watched that seven thousand
0: times. I'm gonna have to go watch that later, <laughs> right after we finish here.
1: <laughs> yeah. we talked about carol carol was not only professionally just as an actress the epitome of her talent and a performance that everybody loves and just culturally so significant but also it made her just what we were talking about this and i think it was the peak pop culture moment like if you take from carol until oceans eight that is i think peak kate in pop culture
0: i totally agree
1: and there are a lot of moments. So I chose like four moments. The fifth one is just a joke. Um, I chose four <laughs> moments that I think are sort of the peak the peak moments for her. So first was the Carol Press tour. Because Absolutely. people went crazy for her and Rooney because they loved the movie, but they also everybody loved how Rooney was just so in awe of her everywhere they went and always, like, smiles. Who Rooney does, doesn't smile that much, but she right. she does smile when Kate appears in during that um, during that press tour. And just, this is linked to sort of, like, the movie and our love for the movie. So that was a fantastic sort of moment.
0: Yeah, and I think they're... Kate and Rooney have, in some ways, extremely similar and in some ways, extremely different sort of celebrity appeals, I think. I think they both have kind of that, like classy elegant sort of look and vibe but Kate is so like you know spontaneous and warm in interviews and her persona you know on the street and like in social media and things like that I think she is very likable and relatable and I think that's something that Rooney struggles with but also kind of benefits from sometimes being at a distance from that and I think it's it's a testament to both of them how well they worked together on this press tour and how how clearly they did like each other and they did get along just because I think it could have been, it could have been tough and I think it could have put both of them. I think Rooney could have looked colder and I think Kate could have looked weirder yeah. in, in an alternate universe, you know, mm-hmm. like putting them side by side and putting their sort of personalities um, at odds. But I think they, they worked together so well and Rooney, you know, seemed warmer and Kate seemed classier and it, it it worked out in both their favors. I think yeah, it was great.
1: Yeah, it was a great time. And also great was the jury at Cannes. We already talked about that a couple of times, but that was the greatest 10 days at, of just, to your point earlier, looking at Getty Images. Because <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> when you are the jury president at Cannes or you're a juror, you have to watch all... 20-something movies they play at Cannes. So that means that every day you have to go out in an area where there are so many photographers. So she she didn't walk every red carpet, but she walked several, but also she just had to get out of the hotel. So there were so many pictures and everybody was just getting a buzz every day with like a new suit and you, you know, just her walking down the street in Cannes, you know, talking to... You know, Laura Harrier, for instance, who we mentioned earlier, or whoever was a can that year. It was such a great time.
0: Oh my God. I've never felt more seen than I have in this podcast interview. Uh, yeah, it was so <laughs> great. She did so many photo calls in like great suits and great sunglasses. And then, like, that night, she would be on a red carpet and some amazing gown. And I was like, we're eating so good. Like, the Kate yeah. stands have never been happier. I do genuinely think you have a long list here, and I think it's all. True, but I think that like May 2018 into the oceans eight press tour in June was like mm-hmm. the absolute peak of like Kate Blanchett fame. Just because I think she just displayed such a complete understanding of what people want from her without seeming like she was trying too hard. Like she was like catering without really catering. Like she was just like doing her and knowing that that's what people wanted and that that that's what would work. And, and of course, so-
1: during that time, this was the time when Kristen Stewart looked at gave her that look yeah. when they were <laughs> when they were, they were a, in a, yeah photo, they were in a photo, call. photo yeah. call for the for the jewelry, and that was the picture that went round the world
0: yes there's always something you know yeah. there's always something that the the kate lesbian hive can can latch onto, and that was it
1: <laughs> and it reminded me remember when at the mtv music when madonna kissed both britney and christina what people forget is that Leah Say is on the other side of Kate, giving her the oh, same right. look, but nobody ever mentions her. It's always about Kristen Stewart. Poor she's Leah. The, she's also, the Christina in this scenario.
0: Right. And Leah also, like, in blue is the warmest color, like, also kind of like a lesbian actress icon. Can we give her her due, please? Yeah. Like, don't prop her out.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree with you. That can time was great. But it also led into the Oceans Press tour. And the Oceans <laughs> Press tour, to me, was exemplified by that very long interview, I think it was Good Morning America, where Kate and Paulson, and Sarah Paulson went in, and they did not talk about the movie. They did not talk about anything they were supposed to talk about. They just, I think maybe it wasn't Good Morning America. It was the Today Show because Huda Today was Show. called in. It was the Today yeah. Show, yeah, because Huda was called in to basically rescue the interview, but she couldn't.
0: There's no chance. Nobody can get them back on track once they just start flirting, basically, which is what they were doing essentially for, like, 20 minutes.
1: (laughs) And then, of course, the many, many suits that Kate wore. I mean, her whole press tour for Ocean's Age, she was was not going as Lou Miller. Lou Miller is downtown, she's grungy, but she was going as uptown Lou Miller to every press event.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's kind of something that we're seeing more and more often, where they're not obviously dressing exactly like their characters in movies, but I think a lot of times people are theming like their press tour outfits to be like sort of thematically similar to the character that they're promoting for. I think Blake Lively also kind of did it for a simple favor where she yeah. also wore this, had this long line of crazy suits and obviously made a lot of headlines. So did Kate. And I, I think it just, I literally, it was day after day. It was like another great suit and, and Blake did it a little more over the top way, but It was actually crazy how many, I was looking through pictures and it's crazy how many great looks Kate had on this press tour. It's wild.
1: So many. But I think also Kate, like, finds that right, the right balance. Like, when she was doing the press tour for Cinderella, she was (laughs) never the talk of that press tour because that was about Lily James. So she knows when to recede to the background and when to be the focus. For Carol, she was the focus. For Ocean's 8, she was the focus. Right. Um, so yeah she knows how to calibrate it well she
0: totally does she's a pro
1: the other thing that this i can't believe this happened literally within walking distance of where i live and i can't believe i wasn't there but i wasn't was when kate went to a drag show at the stonewall inn and did a lip sync of dusty springfield's you don't own me which is around the same time that she was shooting oceans Eight and being an on broadway
0: incredible I remember seeing this pop up and being like, is this real? Like, did this really happen? Or is it like a drag queen, like being Kate Blanchett? And they were like, like no, it's Kate Blanchett. It was incredible. Again, like she knows her audience so well. And she knows how to just like give little tastes of like fan service, but in a way that's not pandering. That's just like, I want to do this and people are going to love it anyway. It's yeah. so good.
1: <laughs> I mean, that time the world was so abuzz with her that even yes. Al Kilmer had to interject and send some creepy tweets we we will not talk about that much but I just brought it up because it's funny because we all sort of were looking at pictures and talking but he just had to take it just a little bit further and be creepy
0: I had never seen these until you linked these on here. Somehow I must've like blocked them out of my head. But listen, Val Kilmer having a stan Twitter account for Kate Blanchett is just like par for the course for the times that we live in. So like, I get it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the other sort of celebrity stan that I think she has is Gillian Anderson, who is very funny and every once in a while she'll just tweet an old picture of her and Kate.
0: They have a kind of a similar aesthetic as well. Gillian Anderson has also kind of leaned into like the the power gay suits appeal in recent years.
1: You said that Galadriel was your first time that you saw it and you fell in love. Was she the first, your first sort of actress love or was were there others? Are there others?
0: You know, I, I, like I said, I don't quite remember when I started being like, I love actresses. Um, but I was thinking about this and there was, I was also obsessed with like Nicole Kidman and Moulin Rouge. Moulin mm, Rouge was like yeah. my favorite, favorite. It still is one of my favorite movies, but That's I was great. like obsessed with it in like middle school, high school. Um, and she definitely kind of is the same same energy as Kate in a lot of ways, b- beyond the like Australian thing. Um, but yeah, Nicole came in and Moulin Rouge was like, was it for me for a while. But I've, I've broadened my scope in, in years since.
1: <laughs> yeah. Is there a performance from Kate that only you like?
0: Like I said, I love when she just like really gets hammy and like really has a great time. Like I said, Cinderella is definitely up there. I also just love like sometimes she's just like the only thing in a movie that I like. Like I this isn't probably it, but I just saw Where'd You Go Bernadette the other day. And I just always have this reaction where any movie that she's ever in, I'm like, it's enough that she's in it and like I'm gonna have a good time no matter what just like watching her have fun and she definitely did also have fun in that movie again it was like not great and it was a tough wig but
1: yeah I don't get um, that wig at all
0: (laughs) no but even just like watching just like watching her like do her thing and just like make some weird choices it's just always a great time like pretty much no matter the movie you know
1: I agree with you I think Bernadette was unfairly maligned she's I I think she's pretty great in it so who's your favorite Kate scene partner
0: You know, I I think I probably got to go with Sarah Paulson, and that definitely extends to, like, interview partners. But between Carol and Ocean's 8, and, like, she makes they make such an impact together in such a short amount of time. Like, they've never really done, like, full movies together. They just have scenes together every now and then, and Mm -hmm. then they go on these chaotic press tours together, and you're like, I want to see more of you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they've done, I guess, two movies together, and I would love for a third.
1: Yeah, you know, give us a sequel or a prequel with Carol and Abby. Everybody Hell wants yeah. that.
0: Yes, I'm in. That would be like the
1: gift to give everybody who loves Carol. It's Carol Mass, after all. And since yeah. it is Carol's season, what's your favorite thing about Kate and Carol?
0: Oh, my gosh. Other than, like, the costumes and the whole vibe and everything. You know, it probably is the looks. She has just such a great way of, of conveying emotion and like desire just through a look. And I know that's like kind of the big theme of Carol, but I just kept thinking about it in this movie as well. Just like where she's looking on someone's face or like how she's like flickering her eyes up and forth or excuse me, up and down. And, and like she in Ocean's eight as well, she like had this way of kind of like looking at someone like with her, like her chin out. And it like totally changes the vibe, just like how she moves her head when she's looking at someone. And she does that in Carol too. Like it's just, it's it's such a, like a wordless way. And I just don't think anyone does it like her. Nobody gives a look like Cate Blanchett, you know?
1: Nobody does. My contribution to this Carol, Matt, and since we were talking about Carol and Abby is one of my favorite little things that she does in Carol is when Abby drops Carol off at that Christmas party where she's going to meet Hard, And she asks her to come in and she's like, no, I'm not coming in. As she is walking into the party, leaving Abby behind, you know that Abby is looking at her. And she does this half step, clicks her feet together while not looking back. But that was like, sort of like, I know you're watching Abby. And I love that.
0: Oh, my God. She's incredible. I got to rewatch Carol. It's been it's been like almost a year. It's Carol season. It is I gotta Carol do it. season. I got to
1: so do it. In New York, the Metrograph actually plays... 35 millimeter carol every christmas i already have my tickets on the 21st oh we're going if you're in new york come to carol
0: <laughs> <laughs> i gotta move to new york just for that i would do it
1: <laughs> so who would you like to see her work with and this could be you know a costume designer an actor a director or somebody she worked with or somebody she hasn't
0: so i on one hand i was like Chris and stewart do it for the gays you know totally, just like yeah. imagine the suits on that press tour oh, come on God. yes but then i also was thinking and uh, kate did a play with elizabeth Debicki and uh, isabel pair she was the in the maids with them yeah and they both are such great actresses and i think elizabeth Debicki is kind of like a young cate blanchett in a lot of ways again yeah. like australian thing aside i yeah. think they have a very similar kind of like timeless appeal and i would love to see her reunite with them like on screen that would be amazing
1: yeah that would be great maybe she can be in that carolyn abbey sequel somehow as, yeah. as the third oh, wheel <laughs> <laughs> i'm in Is there something in the cultural perception of Kate that you like? We've talked about that a lot. So I don't know if there's anything you want to add. Or is there something that sometimes might annoy you about that?
0: You know, I was considering kind of talking about being annoyed by the perception that she's kind of just like, you know, part of kind of the aging actresses Mm -hmm. now. Because there is this class of actresses that I think people are like, oh, like, you're past your prime. But I think she just defies that, like, on so many levels that people don't even really consider that. Like, I think she is thriving so loudly that I I don't think anyone really is like Kate Blanchett's like heyday is over. Like I think she's still making such fun choices and she's as good as she's ever been that I don't think that her age has affected, not that like she is of advanced age, she's not, but like by Hollywood standards, you know how it goes. I just think, I don't think that's affected the quality of her roles or at all her performance or her presence in any way. And I like to basically have nothing to say that I'm annoyed by because I think she just, like, so effortlessly has a handle on her appeal and is just, like, you know, just gets better every year in every yeah. aspect of her celebrity and her performance.
1: Yeah, and she is actually, now that she's entering her 50s, she is at the time just professionally where actresses of her caliber get a third win. Like, if you think of Meryl Streep and Prada or Catherine Hepburn mm-hmm. and The Lion in Winter and Who's Coming to Dinner. So yeah. she's coming to that age where I think now she can play different amazing roles and i'm very excited about that
0: me too i'm happy for us (laughs) yes
1: very happy (laughs) so thank you so much kate this was so much fun and a joy before we go tell our listeners where they can find you and your work
0: so i'm at kate hallow on twitter um i write for the ringer and i'm on a podcast called tea time where i don't get to talk about kate blanchett nearly enough so this was a thrill but yeah, you know, if you want to want to find some like gay Kate Blanchett memes, I always have a few at my disposal. So, hit me up.
1: <laughs> thank you, Kate. And you can find me on Twitter at me underscore says and follow the podcast at Sundays with Kate. And until next time, thank you for listening.